0: Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to today's episode of the dreamers succeed podcast. I am so excited about the guest that you're going to be meeting today or hearing from if you already know him, but just to give you a little bit of a background, today's guest is helping you go from hello to close. He coaches and trains salespeople to create success using authentic persuasion. And we're going to hear a little bit about that because he actually just authored and published a new book called selling with authentic persuasion uh transforming your order from order taker to quota breaker and i love that so please help me welcome jason cutter Woo! welcome jason <laughs> thank you
1: Thank you so much for having me. That that was awesome. I, I love that intro. I need I need that every day when I get up. There you go.
0: I love it. I'm, I'm so happy you're here, Jason. I know you and I have had a couple of conversations, and we're part of the networking hub together. But I know just you always bring so much to the table. So I know today is going to be chock full of great information for those of us out there who really need to get comfortable with the process because we're always selling. Um, yeah. how are things in your neck of the woods, Jason?
1: Uh, well, you mean physically I'm an hour north of San Francisco, Northern California. So we have pandemic, our County is still locked down. We have forest fires and we have a heat wave that's been going on for a month and a half and things are great. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the worst I've been through. So, uh, you know, it's, right, uh, right, that's uh, a all, a it's all relative.
0: <laughs> yeah, it absolutely. And I know, Jason, that you've been, I think, where so many people have been struggling this year and maybe trying to get, just catch their bearings. You've had a very productive, crazy year, right?
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Things where normally I'm traveling. Normally it's conferences, it's clients' offices, it's um, you know various <clears throat> things like that. And uh, when you remove all of that, even you know commuting to local offices and companies, and then just leaves this time. And uh, you know, for me, and I know that you're the same exact way, and and probably your listeners are. But for me, there's uh, two general reactions when something unwanted or stressful happens, is either you double down and go all in and just make the most of it, silver lining mode, or you right. curl up and you you know kind of just hope it goes away and hope the storm passes. And there's different times in my life where I've done either one, just like, please mm-hmm. let this storm pass in my life. Yes. Uh, and I just want to do nothing but lay under the blanket yeah. all day. Um, and for me, I'm in just a hyper yes mode. And it's like opportunity, like there's so much opportunity with this partially in the frame of like, I work with companies who struggle and salespeople who struggle. When times are good, there's a lot of companies who would tell me, I know my reps don't do a very good job, but we're making money. So I don't want to mess anything up. I don't want any help. I I don't want to change anything. And I'm like, okay, but when things change, you're going to be wishing you had. And this has basically brought a lot of people to the awareness that says, okay, he was right. It's time to get some stuff done. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you're right, Jason. And I think that's, that's one of the, 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 the many silver linings because I think that, I'm, again, I'm not discounting uh, everything that's happened during right. the pandemic, the, the negative stuff, but I think a lot of people got into that observation mode. Like, listen, mm-hmm. how, are we, how can we you know, pandemic-proof our company, at least to a certain yeah. extent? And, and I see people are on both sides. There's not been a lot of gray area during this pandemic. Yeah. They're either you know, hiding their head under the sand and waiting for this to, to ride this wave or they're in full service mode, like you've been and, and really making, making, you know, just being out there and seeing how you can be of service to a, to a world that really needs it now. So Jason, let's talk a little bit about, because I read in your story, your, your early history with sales, (laughs) uh, even in your childhood, because I I think that's going to set a really great, um, Foundation for what we're going to talk about as we yeah. get into authentic persuasion.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, and, and partly why I wrote the book and why I thought it was important was coming from a perspective that I had and the journey that I went through. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there and you, you read the stories, you see them and they're sales superstars and coaches and leaders, and they're amazing people. And, you know, Gary V's of the world that have been selling people stuff since, you know, four years old. Um, I was a shy, awkward only child to two very analytical parents. My mom was a banker. uh, Before she retired, my dad was an engineer and in engineering and and project management um, until he retired. My mom, because she had her first job out of high school was actually working in the back office of a furniture store. And she used to see Mm. what the salespeople would talk about and what they would do to people. And so she, plus her analytical side, really disliked and distrusted salespeople. So I grew up Mm. in a almost verging on anti-sales household, um, where it was like, that was a dirty thing. Like Whenever they would go buy a new car, it was literally a five hour experience in the dealership. I'm eight years old, stuck in a lobby, watching its little TV for five hours on a Sunday, while my mom is just ripping them a new one and going through manager (laughs) after manager after manager because she didn't want to be ripped off. And so that's my experience growing up such that I didn't want to work with people. Uh, my first job out of the house was washing dishes at a restaurant. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in marine biology because I would rather deal with sharks than people, yet <laughs> here I am.
0: Yes, of course. Of course. I love it. I love it. And, and Jason, I think also that what happens is that, would you say that that may have, um, because I know you got into sales in your 20s, right?
1: Yeah. Later 27, 20s, you ended up mm-hmm.
0: ironically <laughs> just <Yep. laughs> doing sales. So, so how did that, how did that feel? Like when you're first there and you, you know, you maybe make that phone call and say, Hey, I'm in sales now. How does that feel? How do you make that, that adjustment from if this is a sleazy thing to, okay, now this is me. How do I do it differently?
1: So I think the most wild thing is when I, I, over the last year, I've really looked at it, right? Partially writing the book and then talking about it and, mm-hmm. and, and sharing the experience, you know, outside of my own head is that when I started off in sales air quotes, it was in the mortgage business, residential mortgage loan officer, 2002 in Seattle, housing boom, everyone's begging yeah. for houses for
0: loans.
1: Mm-hmm. Like literally we all joked that if you, answer the phone sometimes, not every time. Um, and you kind of called people back, you would make six figures. It was just so right, like, there right. was so much demand. It was nuts. Yeah. And so I going into that job, I didn't even realize it was a sales job. I didn't think it was sales. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just doing loans and I was just helping people and almost taking orders, if you will, which is what ended mm-hmm. up happening. Um, but I didn't think of it. I, I, I think it wasn't until several years later when I was doing something else that I'm like, okay, now this is sales. Now this is me Mm. trying to persuade somebody. Back then it was like, okay, do you want to buy a house or not? Like, I I don't care. (laughs) And so it's so funny because I A, didn't receive a single minute of sales training. I didn't know how to persuade anybody. I didn't see it as a sales job. And so it was a weird kind of easing transition into it. Okay, nice, Good. good. Which is fascinating.
0: Yeah which is very, very cool. Now, now when you got into a real sales yeah. job, let's say, let's call it that. Yeah. Would you say what shifted? I mean, especially because you transitioned into it sort of in a, you know, that heyday, it was like we're yeah. printing money. Anyone in, in the yeah. real estate world was realtors, title agents. It, mm-hmm. it was just, it was almost too easy. Was it. So when you actually transitioned, because you had that already, probably way of speaking with people and helping them through the process. What, what made the other one feel like a real sales job? So it went from, persuade?
1: It, it went from who was wanting who to work with who. Um, when I first started off in sales, right at 27, it was in the mortgage business. Super easy. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you mm-hmm. had to do some effort. And it's fascinating, like within the first six months, I made a ton of mistakes um, that I still used to today. And I see people do, and I teach them not to do even back then when it was easy, I still shot myself in the foot a ton of times. I cost myself a lot of money by just being ignorant about sales um, Mm -hmm. and persuasion. And so where it really shift is when I left from helping people with mortgages to helping people who are in foreclosure, that was a big difference. And so mm. what happened was a friend of mine and I decided to start a company and a business where we help people who were in foreclosure, potentially losing their home, right? Like where the sheriff is coming on Friday
0: and wow. your house
1: is going to auction. And you would think that would be easier because it's somebody who's in trouble and they want help. But the problem is they don't want help they're afraid they want their head to be in the sand. They don't want to lose their home. So they're not open to any option other than keeping their home under some miracle, right? Like you mm-hmm. used to make 5,000 a month. Now you make a thousand a month, your house payment's 3,000 a month. The math isn't yeah. there. And so yeah. that's where the sales and persuasion came in because then you had to persuade mm-hmm. somebody to take action who literally hadn't done anything for nine months. Right. And now you have to get them to go and get out of their comfort zone. Mm. Um, that's, that's when it began that, that was, uh, that was the challenging times.
0: Wow. And I love Jason, how you, how you talk about it as persuasion, because I think a lot of times we hear, hear people say, listen, we're all in sales. I don't care what you call it. Yep. And, and I used to say, I had a title company and I was entitled for 28 years. And I used to say, listen, I can't sell a Coke to someone who's been in the desert for nine days and is dying of thirst. Right. I yeah. can't do it. But but I was always selling because always. that was my thing. I just didn't call it that. So tell tell me a little bit about how you differentiate that that persuasion from sales from what people consider. And and sometimes I, you might agree that some people might have a negative connotation, thinking, 100%. "Oh, I don't want to be I don't want to be in sales."
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. And and I would say that most everybody has a negative connotation with sales um, because before even getting into a career had experiences like I did, uh, at various, many levels is that as a customer have a negative experience with someone Mm -hmm. that you put in the bucket of salesperson, uh, could be a car, could be real estate. It could be, you know, electronics store, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who's pushing you, you can, you can, you can smell the commission breath. They're desperate. They want to trick you. They want (laughs) to manipulate you. They want to, they're, they're doing Wing it for their needs, right? Their reasons. Their hand is out because they want, and hopefully you'll buy, right? And they're going to do whatever it takes. Um, and we've all had those experiences. And that's right. what people are afraid of. That's what the general public and the world generally dislikes which is why mm-hmm. sales has a negative connotation. And anybody who disagrees with me, then let's just take an assessment and look online or read whatever your business card says and see what it says. If you're in sales and it says account executive or, you know, whatever, it's like you at some level are hiding the fact that you are a salesperson because you don't want to be seen as a salesperson because sales wow. is bad. And so for me, I think that's what it is. Now, I think if we get past the negative connotation, sales is super important, it's critical, and it's vital when there's something that has to be uh, purchased by somebody that takes some decision, and there's some kind of consultative process. It's It's a, do I go with A or do I go with B? If it doesn't require a salesperson, just order it online, right? Order on Amazon, order from a website. I don't need to talk to you, right? Like now you can literally order a car from a vending machine through an app that will get delivered to your house without (laughs) dealing with a person or anything. Like I have a friend who literally did that. He sent a picture of this car being unloaded from a flatbed truck that he ordered from a vending machine that then showed (laughs) up, right? So if there isn't a decision to be made and you don't need adult supervision or consultation, then ordered online. For everything else, it requires sales. It requires helping. And really sales is the bad part, but what it is, is it's the consultation that people need, which is help me make the right decision. And then that's where persuasion comes in, which is I'm going to help you make the right decision based on your situation. What's right for you? Because there's treacherous paths and you could make the wrong one. Let's get you into the right one.
0: Mm very different, very different. And then it's, you just said it, it's, it's that, that consulting piece. It's, it's, you're serving them not selling them. And I was listening to a, a book the other day by Jim Rohn and, and he said, you know, people say nobody likes to be sold. Everybody likes to be sold. People just don't like to be lied to. <laughs> Correct. So, so it's, it's that, that integrity and that coming in from a place of, of your expertise of knowing what is going to the be the best fit for the end user and and being able to, as you say, persuade them or or consult them into that right decision.
1: And and so for me, true. the way I look at, at it and where I, I want people to transition in their mind and their sales career, because you know, I I mentioned you mentioned the book subtitle Order Taker. you know Mm -hmm. on one end is the manipulator it's the the person that we all don't enjoy it's the person we're afraid of it's the person most people don't want to be because they don't want to be a hypocrite Mm -hmm. because they don't like buying from that person or that experience and so they don't want to do that to others they go to the other extreme which is order taker which is i don't want to do that so i'm just going to give you all the information hopefully you buy their main strategy is hope that's their sales strategy And that doesn't work either at a high level. The key is the difference is that in the middle is being a professional and using persuasion. And when you're a professional salesperson and a professional persuader, then sales is not something you do to somebody, which is what normally it is. Sales is something you do for somebody and what you do with somebody. And when you shift to that, then it's a game changer. Then it's for you and with you. And then like, I just want you to get to a better place. And I'm the professional. I know how to get there. If it's a good fit, come with me, right? If it's not a good fit, I'll tell you where to go instead. If it is a good fit, hang on, we're going.
0: I love it. I love it, Jason. And I think that's that's the the, the almost like the missing. It's very very subtle, yeah. but it's almost like that missing link of 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 the integrity, and that's what turns it from selling to someone to selling with someone or selling for someone i love that so jason i know you do a lot of training and you get into to big corporations and you and you just help them fix whatever is broken or create because some of them have to create these these sales uh, teams now yeah. what are you seeing out there that maybe people are not paying attention to that is really important maybe two or three things that that organizations are not really they're just missing
1: it you know the the biggest thing that's always missing in sales is the training right and not just Mm -hmm. saying that because i do training and coaching but i've been in organizations i've walked into organizations as a like a vp of sales and then had to revamp what wasn't there uh Mm -hmm. my first general few sales jobs there was no training Uh, and that's always missing is the amount Mm -hmm. of training And then what's missing and what usually, like if this part got ramped up, it would make a huge improvement is coaching. So at the Mm. sales level in teams in general, what happens is there's a big focus on management. There's a big focus on make your hundred calls. Okay, you didn't make your hundred calls. Well, make your hundred calls or else right or make your 100 calls and i'll give you this don't make your 100 calls and i'll give you this right the carrot and the stick so management is more like this pressure on top like do this or else and like i've got to manage slash micromanage you coaching is different because it's you're a good player i want you to be a good player i'm going to give you training then i'm going to give you coaching and then after you play the game or during the game i'm going to coach you and i'm going to give you feedback coaching is difficult because it takes a coach Right. And most managers aren't necessarily good coaches. And you know that because you're an amazing right. coach. And so there's people out there who, you know, they're good managers, they can manage a process, mm. they can pull the levers they can't necessarily coach. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the other challenges is the players, the salespeople, the people on any team, Um, Mm -hmm. there has to be the right corporate culture and the right hiring and the right expectations such that the people are open to being coached. They want the feedback. They understand the purpose of the feedback and the intent, right? Not to control, but to like support and win. Um, Mm -hmm. And they want to be a part of an organization where there's coaching and improvement, right? Like Mm -hmm. a professional sports team, uh, there's a coach and then there's players and it's run different than let's say most sales organizations are
0: right right and I and I love that distinction Jason and I think one of the things that I and again we talk about these these managers they're not really trained to lead they're trained nope. to manage <laughs> would you say that that's uh, a, a huge. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just laughing and shaking my head because that's so true as well. So the standard classic for sales teams is, hey, you're a great salesperson. We need a manager because we're growing. Why don't you be the manager? Um, Which is wrong for a couple of, generally wrong and ineffective for a couple of reasons. But the main one, which you just said, is that there's no training. I have never seen an organization That I've worked with or been a part of where there is a, okay, you're a manager. Now let's send you through our internal management training. Let's send you to an external manager training to how to be a manager, how to coach. Um, It's okay. Here's the reports. Here's the dashboard. You know, your team, you know how to sell it. We need more deals. Go get them to close more deals. And it's just this huge vacuum. In fact, what I'm getting more and more of these days, which is interesting, is the train my managers, train my trainers um, Mm -hmm. more than the reps. I mean, the reps is always there and I'm dealing with that. But then companies are like, I want you to train them. But what I need more is I know my managers are missing it. And so I need my managers to be better at managing and what to look for and what to listen for and what to do and how to motivate the team and keep things going. And so that's it's fascinating because that hole is there. Um, and because you know most leaders and, and owners of companies are just hoping, they move a manager up and then they abdicate that and they say, okay, this person's now managing it so I can go off and do other things. They know what they're doing because they used to sell 10 widgets a week. And so now they right. can manage everyone to sell 10, 10 widgets a week and I can go, do the other critical
0: stuff. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a whole different piece. I mean, uh, as far as, as far as leading a team and I also find, and, and I do agree with you, Jason, that there's a huge, that there's a huge vacuum there. And I think that, that not a lot of, I think we're now starting to see, and I've worked with some big organizations and, and they're now starting to see the benefit or maybe someone who's in a managerial position or in a leadership position is going up, to the, to the powers that be and asking for that coaching training. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're investing in, in those employees who want to be able to be able to get training and coaching so that they can coach their teams instead of just manage and make sure that, you know, the, the L10 or the scorecard looks the way that it should look, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's, that's a big deal. Now, are you, are you doing that as well in your training? Mm-hmm. Are you are you coaching, training those people to coach the teams?
1: Yeah. So, um, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm seeing that as well, both, you know, from from knowing you and hearing the kind of clients that you're starting to work with even more and more, what I've experienced some other people that are, you know, coaches and, and trainers, mm-hmm. uh, which is promising. And you see, you know, I take that to mean the, the organizations who have the right Uh, not the right culture, a positive culture built around growth and openness and coaching and development Mm -hmm. uh, and Mm -hmm. long-term kind of, you know, uh, internal approach. They're seeking out people like you and I to, you know, pay to train their managers or their executives and help them fill in the gaps that they just can't do internally, which I think is great. So I have some of those I'm being approached by more and more of that where, you know, there's the, okay, we want to do this whole package for everybody. And then there's Mm -hmm. the, hey, I got this manager who's now going to be the VP of sales, and I need you to train and coach, mentor them. Really, I don't even call it training or coaching; it's mentoring right. because it's telling mm. them what's missing, not just pulling out of right. them, but like giving into them um, and mentor them on how to be an effective VP of sales, taking what they know. And then just looking for the blind spots and how do you manage it? Because it's really two different things. And that's the challenge is you almost for your sales managers, you want them to be, they're in the trenches with the team every day. They're helping close deals, they're on the phone or they're going to appointments. Like they have to be in there one place where organizations go sideways is they expect their sales managers to also be in reports and in emails and in meetings all day. And they're not, like they're a sergeant in the front lines, in the trenches, getting shot at as well. That's their job. Then what happens and what most organizations, smaller ones are missing, is that place in the org chart right above that, who's the meeting, KPI, email, you know, master or slave. Mm -hmm. And so they're watching all of that (laughs) higher up, Right. and then they can direct the troops and readjust um, so that's a big difference as well
0: yeah and I think uh, one of the interesting things Jason is that is that when you come in from the outside it's almost very easy to see right <laughs> but when you're in it right yeah. would you agree yeah. why, why are you laughing
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing I'm laughing because it's it's within organizations it's also just people right like yeah. every everybody I listening to this. I know that I know that you have somebody in your life, a friend or a family member or a coworker where they're talking to you and you just clearly know what they should do different. You clearly know where they're screwing it up in their relationship, their finances, their life, their kids, (laughs) their parents, like whatever it is, you can see it. They don't see it. They don't understand what's missing. You can see it like the matrix, like instantly see it. Um, And they can't. And so That's the thing, right? Is we can all see everyone else's stuff and not our own. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why I have Mm -hmm. three different coaches and mentors because I can't see my own stuff. And I have my blind spots. I know what I'm amazing at. And then there's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of other stuff I know that I don't know. And so that's why I'm doing that. And that's where, you know, companies who have a growth mindset, they understand they can't see their blind spots and they're Mm -hmm. too close to it. And they need someone. That's like one of the first things I do for my clients is a gap assessment where they're basically hiring me to come in and find the problems and tell them what's wrong. I had someone recently who's like, I can't believe I'm going to pay you to tell me what's wrong. I already know what's wrong, but I need you to go deeper and find everything that's wrong so that we can look at it and then really tear it apart and see where we want to start. Because Mm -hmm. you just can't, you might think you have 10 problems. Maybe you have 20 problems, or maybe you only have two, who knows?
0: Right. Right. That's, that's, and, and I, and I see what you're saying, Jason, because I know that there are companies that are, are much more open to it right. and those that are much more open to it have great uh, retention, employee retention. They have their, uh, their they're con- the people are constantly moving, but within the organization, yeah. they're moving up in their positions. They're getting the training. It's just a beautiful way that that works, but the culture extremely important. And you said that a couple of times, the culture just has to be there, has to be open to, to the changes, especially that the world is just changing so fast now, it seems. Yep. So Jason, what is, what has been, if you can give me an example of, of one of the greatest rewards that you've had, maybe even early on, cause I know now you're working with, with, with the, the top corporations and, and organizations, but maybe early on, as you began your consulting and your training, that, that it was just very, you knew it was confirmation or validation that you were in the right place because this Yep
1: happened. no um one of my first clients actually had me go to their call center uh overseas um mm-hmm. and work with their team there and it was one of those things where the team was struggling some reps were doing well most of them were not it partly it was an assessment of you know who could who has it and who doesn't have it um and mm-hmm. partly it was just training training the managers again the managers was where there was a lot of focus and for me where where i loved it and what i love the most which is what's unfortunately missing right now with with the state of the world is going into an organization going into an office bunch of cubicles especially short cubicles where i can stand in Mm -hmm. one row and i have the ear to hear about 10 different conversations at once and know exactly what's going on which ones are going well where they're at which ones are about to lose it and and so and then to be able to stand there and tell somebody hey try this or say this and then have that light bulb moment where that happens and they're like that worked that was amazing and then they can put it into to action like for me that was huge and that was so fun because i had done it as an employee in organizations and vp and like push, you know, pushing that down through managers and getting them to do it. Um, but that was the first experience I had like on my own, going out there under my own umbrella, not with this force Mm -hmm. of a company behind me, but being this outsider as well, which, you know, some people sometimes see a consultant as the bringer of death. Uh, sometimes it's the bringer (laughs) of hope and, um, yes, it was all about the hope and how can I help them? And, uh, you know, it was really—it's—it's it's always really fun to see people, especially over a two-week period. While I was there, go from where they were until the end, and all the changes we put in place, and that transformation. I mean, that's—that's that's validating and fun, and just showed me like, okay, yes, on the right path. This is where I should be. How do I do more of this?
0: Love it, love it, and and I and I think that that's always just just a and it and it sort of plays into. Listen, I really have the heart for this and i really have the expertise for this and and it's showing up in, in everything that you're doing jason so i'm super excited for you i know you've had a an extremely productive uh 2020 so far i mean you're yep. not discounting that we're we're done yet nope. but what is what is on the agenda for 2021
1: you know for the the biggest thing that i um struggle with finding ways to do it, which is scalability. So early on in my consulting career, I had a lot of clients who were very deep, long engagements. So come to my office for two months, fix my team, build it up, hire people, build the whole system, build scripts. And so there's only one of me, I can only be in one place at a time, and so it limits, it, it limits the impact I can do. It limits the people I can coach and train. Um, it's great because it's really deep, but you know, how can you go deeper and wider? Um, so for me coming up is how do I scale that? What I, what I don't see is the best way to go is here's a video package. Here's a bunch of training. Here's my book. Watch these videos and good luck. Now, I think you can scale with that, which is what I want to do. And I want to put more of that so people can absorb that. But then what it really takes and and what I care about most is the long-term transformation and impact. So go series, maybe it's read the book. Now let's do some coaching. Now let me train your team and hold them accountable and do the mentorship to make sure they follow through, right? It's not, okay, here's the equipment at the gym. Let's have one good session. Now, good luck. It's you need a personal trainer to make sure you get the habits down and you're doing it the right way for enough time. Kind of like what you do with your clients. It's not the one-time visit. It's a, you know, it's not a one-time webinar. It's, you know, longer term. Right. And so that's what I'm looking at is how do I balance that? How do I reach more people? How do I impact people? Uh, My ultimate mission is to create a million authentic persuaders. And so doing it one office at a time is not going to get there. And so how do I Mm -hmm. extend that to change the way sales is viewed and to get it from being that dirty word to a profession that people would be honored to say, I sell.
0: I love it absolutely. I love it, and I can totally see that, Jason. I can totally see that because you're bringing so much passion and so much knowledge in the area, but just from a from a place of 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 believing for them before they can see it for themselves that this is this is the way that you change uh, the industry, and this is the way that you that you change these organizations to be able to thrive and, and get to where they need to be. I love that, Jason. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I did this whole uh, campaign early uh, on in the month and and I started, you know, I, I just needed, I've been listening to Christmas music for a long, usually I start like November 1st by the time Christmas comes along, like I hear jingle bells and I just want to, I just want to jump off a building. Right. But, but I started because of everything that we've been through. And I, and I would tell people, listen, if you're feeling down, just play some Christmas music. You never know what that's, It's just, it's just going to put you in the right mood, even if it's only for a day or whatever. So I started my Christmas shopping early. So I have about five people on my list that are going to get your book that they're in financial services or certain things that are very, that seem very salesy, but you know, there's a way to do it. So I want to thank you for making my Christmas shopping easy uh, for them. And I, and I'm telling people everywhere, listen, we have so many beautiful people in our tribes already that, that put out amazing books and, and journals and things that would be a gift that it's not just like they're going to open it and oh, great. They really could put it to good use. So my encouragement to everyone is is give people that, that gift that will be a catalyst. And at the same time, you're, you're supporting uh, people that are doing great things like you, Jason. So, so I'm beyond excited. So, okay, I have to ask you, uh, first of all, I want you to tell everyone Uh, how they can find you. I know the book is on Amazon, uh, probably on your website. Can you give us all your call call letters and (laughs) how to find Jason Cutter?
1: (laughs) Yep, so I've made it really easy, jasoncutter.com is a hub. It's not a very pretty website. I'm not a web person and my web person is helping Mm -hmm. me, but it's still not the Mm -hmm. prettiest, but it's a great Mm -hmm. hub for everything that I have going on. So if you go to jasoncutter.com, you can find a way to book a sales power call with me. You can find the website for the book, which it's easyauthenticpersuasion.com. I'm very active Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So I post a lot of content on there. Um, You can find my coaching website, but super simple, jasoncutter.com.
0: Yeah. And, and guys find him on LinkedIn because when he says he posts a lot of, it's all <laughs> valuable. He's adding value constantly. Like you want to follow Jason well, thank you. on LinkedIn. Trust me. Trust me. So Jason, now, uh, before we go one more question, um, what's the big dream?
1: You know, it, it's, you know, for me, the big dream is to have that impact and transform people in the way that I can, which it's currently focused on selling and selling with authentic persuasion. But even higher level than that, it's really just to help people succeed and be happy in their lives and what that means for them. Um, I end up doing a lot of career coaching, life coaching, Mm -hmm. because I've been through a lot. I've been punched in the face several times. Like I've just gone Mm -hmm. through life like most people have. Um, but you know, I could just see that and I want the best for people. And so the dream is to really help people transform and be successful in their life. And, uh, you know, kind of Zig Ziglar, you help enough other people get what they want in their life and you'll have everything you want in your life. And so it's just that outward focus and then trusting the rest will happen.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Thank you, Jason, so much for, for making the time. Like I said, to be here, I hope you will come back as I know things are changing all the time. But, but this is what I mean, folks. And, and, and this is Jason constantly adding value and, and constantly putting himself in a position to be of service. So like I said, follow him. Trust me. You, you, you're, you're, your life is going to be better for it. Okay. So Jason, thank you. Thank you again for making the time. I, I appreciate you more than you know. And okay, folks, you heard it here. Go out there and do good and be great and go play outside. Have fun.